Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Brian E. Roach. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining me here, yes, joining me, um, not by myself anymore. I was all alone for the last couple of these things. Of course, got one out even while on vacation and working on my tan, man. It, uh, Brian, uh, anything fun and exciting going on? I know the last time we spoke to you, you were in uh, country music uh, heaven hell. pretty much. Hell. <laughs> hell. Country music hell. <laughs> why, why, why would you bring that up? That's like that word that you shouldn't be using anymore. Um <laughs> No, I'm I'm no longer in Nashville, uh, thank heavens. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I got to go climb a mountain on Monday. It's it's very exciting. It's good stuff. At the, I'm excited. I'm waiting for the Mandalorian, the new season to come out. Uh, someone commented on the last show. They were like, "Hey, uh, you move away from you're moving away from the mic." And what they don't understand is is what I got in front of me, Brian. I got like. Two screens, I got little screens, I got coffee I reach for. When I'm by myself, it's very difficult to just continue leaning in. So I will try and correct that bad habit. I apologize if that came out wrong. Well, yeah. And speaking of comments, for it. <laughs> speaking of comments, somebody had asked, they wanted to know how many of the helmets are signed. The answer is all of them. <laughs> <laughs> As if that, that was going to be my guess. And how many things do I have signed that are up here? Well, I have the uh, I have the kicker ball somewhere up here, so there's two signatures yes. on that so far, but nothing else on my wall. I've got um, I've got other things and stuff that I need to. I, I got signed stuff. I just don't I don't have it up anywhere. So well, uh, here I'll give you a quick tour over oh, here. Nice. So you can see. Here's the thing. As many as I've got up. <laughs> there are that many more sitting back there that I don't have any place to put them right now. You you ran out of budget to go to Hobby Lobby and get the the cases or whatever. No, dude, I ran in. out of wall. Oh, I ran out of wall. <laughs> we got to build you a, a a man cave or a she shed or something to put those things in. Well, <laughs> it, it, you know, not not that we have don't have other important things to talk about, but my wife is in the in this mode of finding our next home. Oh, and I didn't know that. So she's she's uh, on you know Trulia and Zillow and all oh, these things, just looking at estimates. houses houses all over the place. And um, there was one in West Virginia. Not that I really want to move to West Virginia, but at least you know it was just rural. It was kind of in the mountains. Um, that was like fifty five hundred square foot, huge house. Wow. And I was like, there you go. Now I got enough room for all my crap. <laughs> Was that uh, a bit? Did that have a basement too, or no? No, this had it had a big full ground in pool, and then it had above a four car garage, and above the four car garage was unfinished space that I could have turned into an yeah, office. Like a lot. There was other places. Yeah, there's other places in there. It would have been it would have been great. I would have had enough room for all the helmets because I have I think I have sixty two full size helmets. Wow. Um, all of which are signed by at least one. Some of them, like the linebacker helmet up there, are signed by a lot of people. But um, anyway, the point is, when I said this, when she's as she's looking, I only have one, just one thing that I care about. I I have to have an office big enough 
so that I don't have all that stuff in the closet, so to speak. <laughs> well, it's kind of like my current digs. If you, if people happen to recall, there was a point in time where, uh, I, I we didn't do video at all, like you did, because you had a pretty, pre very pretty surroundings. But I didn't in the previous home, and then I moved, and then we were in like a town home, and. I had the uh, Promantes or Applebee's style brick wall behind me for a little while to obscure some things. And I finally got my surroundings. That's why I don't have, I can't go like wild. Like, uh, you know, I was just down at Disney and it's like, oh man, they're doing the art festival thing. And they got all these canvases and frame stuff, stuff that I really can't afford. But the few cool things I see, even when they're like the prints, the reprints, reproductions, it's like, where the hell am I going to put that? So it's like, that's, you know. We, we've had internal sayings we say with like our business doings and stuff here with the SEU stuff, but uh, the one I have in my personal life is where the hell am I going to put that? What am I going to do with that thing? And there's like literally there's nothing that I can do. I'm looking right now. I've got a uh, out of time California license plate from Back to the Future, and I'm like, it's just sitting there on the bookshelf. Uh, because uh, it's like okay now i'm gonna have to i gotta do some other things i don't have anything that it could go with but linebacker's helmet that's um that's okay we got a quick news item not a whole lot of news going on but aaron curry coming over from the seahawks after four seasons with pete carroll and uh he is going to be a linebacker's coach with the pittsburgh steelers now jerry osavsky is moving on after 24 25 years or something like that it's something it's ridiculous. 22 but i could 22. be i could be wrong um Played played for Cower, right? And then um coached a little bit, I think, with Cower as well. And he's a Youngstown guy, so a little bit of uh mm -hmm. homage there and uh kind of what when you talk about Youngstown, Ohio, I don't know, I don't wanna uh say um anything disparaging, but there aren't a whole lot of famous people. There are, a lot of them are mobsters, but <laughs> um, there you go. yeah, but, uh, you know, it's from Youngstown, went to Pitt, very, uh, very much hometown type guy. Right. And, uh, as a player, I was looking it up Steelers 89 to 97. So he was around with, uh, with Noel too. Uh, one of Noel's last, last, uh, draft classes there. So he was a guy that was inherited by Cower via Noel. And then he was coaching a little bit, uh, with, uh, Youngstown state. And then from 2010, uh, so he's 2003 to 2009 Youngstown State linebackers coach, then a defensive assistant 2010 to 2014, took over as inside linebackers coach with the Steelers from 2015 to 2022. And I didn't realize this. Uh, this is kind of a neat, uh, interesting tidbit, but he was the Pro Fo Football Writers Association all on an all rookie team in 1989. <laughs> I, I, I was not, I don't think I was ever aware of that. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll see. Maybe that's a uh, indicative of changes the Steelers want to make internally with the way they operate their coaching staff. I know everybody's freaking out because Brian Flores left linebackers type coach. Osavsky's gone. Butler's gone. Now what? Jerry Porter didn't work out before that. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what uh, Curry brings uh, to the table and we'll see uh, if any of this is like a byproduct of. You know, something we're talking about today is free agents, but some guys that are leaving or presumed to be leaving, such as Devin Bush, maybe not living up to living up to the bill and some of that coaching. You know what I mean? That was happening, I think, with Bud Dupree and Joey Porter uh, several years ago, too, and they made a move. And then all of a sudden, Bud Dupree was lighting the world on fire. So we'll see if um, we'll see if anybody ends up getting signed. That's going to replace Devin Bush. We've got some speculation. We got some of that coming up as we get back to a little bit of a regular schedule and then everything goes right in the crapper when we run out of news. <laughs> so, but we'll have free agency right around the corner here and some cool stuff to talk about. But not every time the Steelers dip their toe into the free agency pool 
do uh, things work out? And they don't often, Brian. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that they don't spend money. Why don't they spend money? Because for the longest time, they didn't have money. They had high dollars invested either into quarterback position, <clears throat> Ben Roethlisberger, or, yeah. or they're paying guys that they drafted themselves, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt was a top five paid guy at one point. TJ Watt, of course, Minka Fitzpatrick. So they invest their money into retaining their own players. They don't uh, usually go for broke by going after the flashy toy, so to speak. Like you're looking at a home out in West Virginia with like a four car garage. God knows what that probably costs with the in-ground pool and whatnot. And the estimates are always off, by the way. I have been going oh, yeah. through all this. Yeah, it's like my, my place is already skyrocketed, like almost doubled according to a estimate because the real estate market is absolutely was well, ridiculous. Might be cooling off now, but inflation, et cetera. So be careful, be careful out there, my friend. But West Virginia is a pretty nice tech corridor and you'd be closer to, well, depending on where you are in West Virginia, you might be closer to Acresure. So that might work uh, out for you. It was the exact same distance because actually uh, the, the, this place was, um, I don't know, like 20 five minutes from dc it was almost the exact same length drive ah uh, yeah so. I, I understand you're west virginia's goofy because it's like you got the little panhandle then you got the other little yeah. like the the t-rex arms that come off it's of it down and in it's big old butt whatever it is down there at the bottom <laughs> of it well, if there ever was a butthole of the country, it would be Washington, D.C., I have a feeling. So anyways, no offense to anybody who lives there. It's all the other part-timers who make their time there in certain places on certain hills and whatnot. But anyways, um, as we as we move along, <clears throat> I'm sure you've got some ideas. Well, uh, part of this is there's like there's probably only one person on this list that we're going to bring up that was actually like a, a big signing that they actually gave a, a lot of money to. And then there's some guys that they brought along that were okay signings. They weren't like, you were never expecting them to be anything major when they were brought along or brought onto the team. And I think that's something that needs to be distinguished here. It's kind of like last season you had Levi Wallace. We're expecting a lot out of Levi Wallace. You bring him in and he's going to be a starter, but what level of starter here? You're, you're He's not on a Minka or a TJ Watt type of level or type of deal, nor can you pay very many people that amount of money. So that's the right. reason why the Steelers usually don't throw that money out there because they get ahead of it. They draft well, and then they retain their own players. The other teams are, you know, they're like the Jets and stuff like that. They're constantly wiping the slate clean, starting over. They're getting rid of certain veterans or guys that were former first-round picks because the new regime that comes in wants a new offensive scheme, a new defensive scheme, and it doesn't work out or for whatever reason. Or you got the opposite. You got like the guys like Bud Dupree that can't be kept. And that happens with the Ravens, too, and some other well-run organizations. Yeah. C.J. Mosley. Maybe happening very soon with the Ravens. <laughs> oh, very, very, very soon. You know, I, is there really any new news on that? I love how, like, they hired, what, a new offensive coordinator, and it was supposedly news. That was supposedly news that he didn't talk to Lamar Jackson yet after, like, just being on the job two days. And maybe how he does many it. Times, how many times can they spin out the exact same story from the same four-line quote? and read more into it and like uh it's it's just absurd um but like i'm gonna say the same thing hey go ahead give him give him 250 million guaranteed please do it just do it please <laughs> yeah and why do we like that give him the deshaun watson contract so you got to make tough exactly. decisions like look even better 
like even the Titans, what are the Titans doing? They have to like cut all these guys to make space. The Saints are still in extreme cap hell. There are just some teams yeah. with some real bad financial situations. I hate to see what the Rams are going to continue to look like into the near future, too. Got to just... Bobby Wagner! Got oh. Bobby Wagner now! That Jalen Ramsey contract that people are saying, oh, trade for Ramsey. It's like the guy's a 20 some mil a year guy. Like, you know, they need, but there's so much dead money tied into that that they get no return on that unless they get like a buttload of picks for, how old is he now? 28, 28 years old or something like that. Not to say he's not a great player. I'll say great. Um, I think he's for at least like active players. You know what I mean? Great. I'm not saying like all time great. He might still have a, a couple of years to go when it comes to saying that. But uh, speaking of, Terrell Rivas getting into the Hall of Fame, too. We hadn't talked, I think, since that. So that was kind of neat. Uh, first, first, A lot of first ballot guys on that Hall of Fame thing. We'll table that for another time. But anyways, Steelers going after guys, bigger contracts, disappointments. Let's name the first one off the list. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Ladarius Green. Why, why is he the worst, though? Like, see, I, I, I have a love-hate with it. Huh? Here's why. It's because it was it was a tease, right? You saw him and it was like, whoa, look, this guy's big, he's fast, he's gonna do he's gonna be like a unstoppable wide receiver type guy in the tight end position. It's gonna be dynamic, it's gonna be impressive. No, it's really just never gonna happen. So why did they go after Ladarius Green? That's the number that's the first thing. And Ladarius Green, okay, becomes a free agent. Four years under a rookie contract with the Chargers. Uh, San Diego entirely. Chargers will come up again and they'll be L.A. at one point uh, during yeah. this conversation too. <laughs> uh, but playing with uh, legendary, legendary Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates, yeah. So they weren't going to be able to keep both. Is Gates going to still keep playing? Gates was playing forever and still at a high level. The Steelers, however, had lost their high-level guy, Heath Miller. Heath Miller, yeah. Yeah, and they had to replace Heath Miller, and it wasn't just coming from Jesse James. So 2016, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I have it here, what was the amount of money? Four years, $20 million, which was a pretty, you know, I know all these contracts are super inflated now and through the roof, but then that, that was, was a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. For a tight end, that's a big deal. So big deal. then he's not practicing. Then he's on the pup list and has to miss, what, nine games to start the season. And I don't know, like, and concussions obviously played his career, and he, he, he yep. finished. He didn't play but the one season in Pittsburgh, which is considered a disappointment because of the money, which I'm not sure the Steelers ate a whole lot on that, but they only got, let me see here, uh, six games total did he appear in. I know he had like a two-point conversion. He had the one touchdown, 18 catches, 304 yards. He had... um. He had a couple okay. He had one big game. I'll never forget because I had him on my fantasy or my DraftKings or something because I was that bullish on him. But it, they were mixing him in. Week nine, he comes in. He plays uh, 12 snaps eight, uh, against the Cowboys, eight snaps on the road against the Browns, 14 against the Colts, which I think the Colts is the one where it was like, okay, this guy, he might end up doing something. Then all of a sudden he goes off. He catches 6 of 11, 110, and a touchdown against the in a home win, 24-14 against the Giants. What a brutal schedule here, though. They had four out of these five straight, two on the road, one at home, then two more on the road. And they won all of them. They won all of them back then, now 2016 team. But this is yet another guy because of his, his injuries, the concussions, the ankle, whatever was going on. And he passed the physical when they signed him. 
So yeah. I, I really I don't understand who didn't do their homework here, but he misses the last two games of that year. And then he misses all the playoff games, including the AFC championship game in New England. And that's one that I think is very important that we always forget about. I always think about Jesse James being one of those targets and Kobe Hamilton. You bring that up and uh, Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. But, geez, you wonder why with with all that talent, why doesn't Mike Tomlin do whatever? We didn't have him. The guys that the, and whose fault is this? I don't know that you could blame uh, blame anything on anyone. If the guy had his, his issues with concussions or injuries, I, I have a lot harder time just calling him flat out like a bust. But the decision didn't work out the way they had hoped, especially four years, $20 million. And that's why this yep. one has the big star next to it. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, it's it's an unfortunate signing, right? It, it was a signing that had a lot of promise. And you can never, you can never, you know, anticipate injuries to a certain extent. Um, so the fact that, and you haven't commented, I've ha- I got my free agent sunglasses on now, you know, I got my free agent, my free agent Ray-Bans on. So, you know, it's all good. I, I, um, I wasn't sure why you put those on. I didn't know if the men in black thing was coming and you were going to like the manscape beard trimmer is coming out and then you like erase my memory. Like Tommy yeah, Lee Jones. No, this is <laughs> these are my free agent sunglasses because I'm I'm you know I'm swimming in the in the free agent money, uh, even though uh, I'm not. Uh, apparently, because um, you're trying to swim in some huge pool, in ground pool in West Virginia. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was the house was not that expensive. That's the oh, whole point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. That's why it's a hot place. That's a that's a good place yeah. to move. I, my buddy. Uh, I don't want to get on all the real estate stuff, but he's always sending me things. And there are, there are some crazy properties out there. Let's put it that way. And some remote locations. He wants to live like away from everyone on basically the Yellowstone Ranch. And that is going to cost you a fortune. <laughs> That's me. I don't. I want none of you. I got problems with you people. I don't want none of you anywhere near me. Thank you very much. Um that's I, I love everybody. So it's that's an, not really. I, I hate no. everyone. I'm an equal opportunity hater. So love every I love individuals and I hate people. I think I think the way uh, I hate wait it's like I, I um hate people but I love gatherings. Is that how it works? Is that the clerk's quote? <laughs> it is, but I don't love gatherings. I don't like them. I don't want to be in gatherings. I just like individual people. I don't like people as a whole. Um anyway, especially when driving. So, the dairy screen um seemed like it was a promise, uh, you know, had had some promise. And it just didn't pan out. It, it's not really the kind of signing where you go, yeah, they just badly evaluated him. It's the kind of signing that just went sour. Yeah. Um, you have one that you want to throw up for the, the group discussion, or should I just continue going down a list? Uh, let's just go down the list. I don't I don't want to even think about it. Let's see. Two. Let's see if we can remember who wore was this number eleven. Um, this was pre Chase Claypool. You may be able to guess. Lance? Is that Lance? No, it's not. But he is on the list uh, at some point. This would this would be Dante Moncrief. Oh, who, oh good God! Yes, I mean it's. Um, I really don't know if this ball oh. ends up in his hands. If you could see it pictured, it's kind of just sitting there. I, I had such high hopes for this guy. He looked good up. at the beginning of camp. Bring that back up. I got it. There it is. Look at his eyes. I. I it's like, the perfect I'm photo. Asleep. He's like, I don't know. You know what that what that picture makes me think of? I'm gonna tell you what that picture makes me think Sadness. of. Sadness. 
The peanut butter box is here. The peanut butter box is here. <laughs> For the people who can't see it, he's almost holding this up like it's an offering, like maybe in church or something like that. I don't know. He's like, uh, I don't I don't really know what's going on, but I, that was such a good, but there's not a whole lot of Dante Moncrief photos to choose from. So I'm not going to say it was the best of the picks, but it's the best that was available. There's like four pictures of him in a Steelers jersey because he didn't last very long. Six foot two. And was he bad? Oh, man. But he didn't look bad in camp. And then all of a sudden we noticed, uh, I remember Flash and I were talking about this. Professor was talking about this. And we're like, uh, this guy looks like he'll be. This was at a time when they were trying to replace some receivers. This was 2019, and Antonio yep. Brown just flew the coop, and Martavis Bryant had already flown the coop before that. And you're like, okay, this is a veteran guy. He just had like an off season in Jacksonville. Maybe his what was it, 89 targets. He only had 48 catches in Jacksonville, but perhaps. That's because he had some pretty bad quarterbacks throwing to him in uh, on that 2018 team, which would have been Blake Bortles, Cody Kessler, Logan Cook, and I guess D.D. Westbrook uh, had thrown a couple of pass attempts at some point, maybe even um, just the one. Maybe that one was intended for him, too. It wasn't completed, so it's very highly likely. Uh, I, I didn't like the story about ripping on Moncrief because I thought he looked pretty good, but then we're saying he's only catching stuff with one hand. And uh, I don't know if he always wore gloves or not, but he was wearing the gloves. He almost had like the Sammy Coates, Freddy Krueger hand thing going. And that was kind of, kind of bizarre, but with the Steelers, let's see, he had four receptions on 15 targets. That was for 18 yards, one first down catch, no touchdowns. His um, yards per reception were four and a half. <laughs> pretty bad and you know what else ends up happening in 2019 by the way is Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt and you got Mason Rudolph who's never played before uh, throwing and all butterfingers lets one slip and that was Mason's first pick I mean he may have had two throwing towards Moncrief and it just it didn't work out he ended up getting benched pretty pretty solidly I mean he pay, played 60 steps so this is New England again they go up and play New England the 2019, a couple years after this AFC title game that we just talked about. And they get whooped 33-3 to as I think the Patriots were putting up yet another banner that was making me vomit that they even scheduled this game as it was. But he was targeted 10 times in this game and only caught three passes for seven yards with Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback. Was He was not good. Just really, this, really bad. This is, a, this is one, again... I don't know whether he hurt himself. I don't know whether he didn't hurt himself. But for whatever reason, the analysis on Dante Moncrief, because as you said, looked like in camp, okay, this look this is this looks promising. This looks like something. Maybe this guy's gonna gonna tear it up. And then, you know, game time came and man, talk about a camp phenom uh but that just vanished. It was like, oh, the lights are on me. Uh forget it. I'm done. I can't I can't deal with this. Yeah, yeah, and and not only that, it was he had a fumble too. Yeah, <laughs> in this, he was an active week three that year, twenty nineteen. He came back, so he went from sixty offensive snaps, which were offensive, and then uh, he went to eighteen inactive, three plays inactive, fourteen and fifteen did not play, or I'm sorry, that did not play. This would be week seven, and then what happens is there's a business decision that's made because 
What happens is the Philadelphia Eagles during the offseason had signed LJ Fort. You may remember him as an inside linebacker that kind yep. of was in rotation of replacing Ryan Shazier. And the Eagles went and signed him, and they gave him a pretty decent deal, but it didn't work out, and they cut him. And because they cut him before the trade deadline and it wasn't like a full, like, tenured year NFL season, this factored into the NFL's compensatory pick formula and system of which the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they lose X amount of free agents but don't sign an equal amount the scales of balance, they would get anything from a third to seventh round pick compensatory to give out 32 of those each year. And yep. we don't know the the secret recipe, the Colonel's secret recipe entirely of how it works, but you just know that if they hold on to Dante Moncrief, he's considered a priority free agent now at this point, of which the guy isn't playing. <laughs> so uh, off you go by week nine, buddy. Uh, and he ended up with the Carolina Panthers would play. Let's see if I could do the quick back 25 snaps in three games uh, with no receptions or anything whatsoever. He would finish the season four catches, 18 yards. Just wow. Uh, not a big, not a big dollar signing though. If I remember correctly, I'm going to look, I'm going to look up what, what dude made, but yeah, that was, um, that's one I think sits pretty bad. And it's real easy to forget about this, about Dante Bacrieff too, because he had basically a cup of coffee with the Steelers. Let's see his paycheck. Wow. Four point, about 4.3 million for a veteran receiver about 6 years in the league that doesn't seem terrible it's not, not real a big terrible, money but it's only terrible in that that means he got a million dollars per reception <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's pretty rough that's pretty rough um hey brian before we go yeah, maybe put me out there i'll catch i'll catch one ball I, and i'm good from ben i mean i know he throws he threw rockets i think i could definitely get one of those put i'll put the gloves on and i'll get it done so, yeah. uh, but, uh, this is always a good time to mention that the steel city underground podcast is brought to you by a manscaped precision made tools for your family jewels and manscaped now sells beard products of which I'm still, still ironing out all the kinks here with the different levels and settings and how you hold the rechargeable beard hedger from the beard hedger pro kit. And I'm still, I am a big fan of it though. I've just got to get used to it. It's a lot different than I have one of these little cheap jobbies. Like what? I don't know. Whatever. It's a brand name, but it's not a brand name. You go. You go. Look right there. Yeah. Gold. Gold striped underpants. I need the gold striped ones. I need the gold striped. Gold stripe. I need some gold striped underpants. I know those things. Seriously, we're talking about the new beard hedger, and the. the, I just the boxers were great. They were great for the twelve. The best. Twelve thirteen hour trip that it was on the road just now, and yeah, absolutely wonderful. you want to talk about your, you know, your jewels, your family, your balls will thank you or whatever the hell the slogan is. You put them, put them gold, them gold strappy underpants on your balls will thank you. Yeah. They'll <laughs> thank you. I mean, if you're walking around with them and the missus end up seeing you or it's a, a new lady friend you're trying to attract aside from um, the other manscaping <laughs> products, it would do, it would do you well. You got to have the, you got to, but you got to maintain the beard too. When she looks at, when she sees you have a maintained beard and you have the rest of the manscape pro performance kit. Uh, and then like, you know, you take your shirt off and you got the boxers, you got, you got, they have the whole package here. So don't forget that. Uh, no, no, nobody wants to talk about your package. I was talking about my package. I was talking about a total package here, meaning from head to toe, from my, 
chest pubes down to my ball from. <laughs> You're not a stepbrothers guy, but <laughs> luscious B. Thank you very much. B. I'll talk to you guys next time around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're already past. We're beyond the taint uh, of the year. So uh, anyways, folks, uh, if you'd like 20% off and free shipping to make your drapes match the carpet or whatever it is uh, at manscaped.com, use the promo code SteelCity20. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. You'll also get three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. That's SteelCity20, free shipping, 20% off at manscaped.com you know what let's uh we'll roll that i i like i like looking at the the bush but boom, boom and we got the if anyone never like watched our youtube version of this they'd be like what are you talking about and it's like an actual like shrubbery comes up on screen and then the 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 trimmer comes over and zzz, the lawnmower the weed whacker they, they name it all like after uh landscaping stuff that you may or may not be doing depending on where you are in the country i went from ohio warm weather to florida warm weather while it was cold in ohio and then came back to ohio and it was cold but then it got warm to where i actually grilled yesterday and now it is cold again like 50 degrees colder than what it was yesterday like i think something like that uh well 30 ish weather weather is stupid it, it is. And uh, there's like this thing that comes, um, one of these Cleveland pages puts out a thing. My buddy's always sharing it and it's like full spring. And then it's like uh, second winter. It's like the 12 seasons of Ohio, but that happens Elevensies. in a places. Elevensies. <laughs> Where, where's second breakfast? <laughs> second breakfast, yeah. For, or yeah, second breakfast or fourth meal. The old Taco yeah, Bell commercials. <laughs> I used yes. to love saying fourth meal. Uh, lots of fourth meals back in my bar hopping days. So getting back on the free agents, uh, who's another, I, 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 there's an ass clown. I definitely have to mention. I wanted to kind of save him for the end, but let's throw him out there. A what what kind of clown? Ass clown. (laughs) Like Garrett Blunt. Oh yeah, he was an ass clown. Man, he's among a couple of players that like, and I said the last decade, so 2014 still fits here. We're, we haven't had 10 full free agent classes just yet. But this guy, he got signed. Le'Veon Bell, you know, 2013, so he's he was drafted. 2014 now, it's his second year into the season or into the league. And they wanted, like, you know, a, a, a lightning and a thunder. They needed a compliment to Bell. I don't know what he ever thought was going to happen. Like, Bell was the Bell cow. No pun or intended or not. There wasn't anybody else ever getting the rock and he pouted and why would you sign a contract when you know you're, this is going to be your role. You're not coming here to start. And he had already been in a pecking order with the new England Patriots. And so, uh, he may have been on another team in between here too. I'm trying to think um, it just <laughs> always seems like he was, it was a decent enough player, even with Steelers, but he was just a pain in the ass. Tampa, he, uh, you know, he had the rookie year with the thousand yard season, but he wasn't like uh, a, a big priority player. He had one year, the uh, one year with the Patriots before the Steelers, seven touchdowns, seven hundred seventy-two yards. Then he goes to the Steelers, and he has sixty-five carries, two hundred sixty-six uh, yards on in eleven games, two touchdowns. Okay, and then he complains and whines and cries and leaves. What did he leave the game earlier? Just left the locker room, but that was against the Tennessee Titans when Bell had. A career career game yep. 
I think Bell was uh, putting up, I thought I had the actual numbers, but Bell had like close to like a 200 yard game, I believe. Yeah, it was crazy. And 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 he, he, he cried about it and uh, left and the team wasn't happy. And a lot of people say Mike Tomlin and company, they don't have any discipline with their teams or their players or whatever. And lo and behold, we've got a couple of them that we'll be mentioning. And they sent, they sent his ass back in. And in this game, let's see, I had the Bell stats. Yep, 33 carries, 204 yards, and a touchdown, and also two receptions for 18 yards. It was putting up massive numbers, and some people were, some people felt that, well, with Blunt, you know what, maybe they could have just, um, uh, they could have given the ball to him and not had Bell carry 33 times. But you don't know if somebody on the sideline was saying, let, that they're record chasing, number chasing, incentive chasing. We don't know what was going on primarily. I just always saw this as crying uh, about spilled milk and then go running back to where you came from, uh, incidentally, where they had a plethora of running back injuries and happened to need a guy like Blunt in order to go and try and win another championship. That's what really, really stuck out to me as sucking about this whole situation. Yeah, like... LeGarrette Le Blunt was a punk. I mean, he was a punk. Uh, and he had a punk attitude all the way back from when he was in Oregon. He was he was thug life. And so the reason that I have a problem with this signing is they not only did he have to have no like just pay no attention to anything that was said to him. Oh, I know Le'Veon Bell, but whatever, because I'm I'm so good, I'm going to start. Blah blah blah. And it doesn't matter what you tell me now, because it's what's going to happen. And if you don't see that, then you're clearly wrong. Uh, not that he would ever talk like that. But uh, my the other side of that equation is the Steelers had to know that he was a punk, <laughs> and at some point, you know, they this was this was the the guy who. Even Mike Tomlin could not keep under control. And you just, at that point, you just said, yeah, thank you very much. We're all done with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, precisely. I got another one that's on here that cried about playing time, which is even, even oh, more, yeah. uh, more, even funnier. Morgan Burnett was signed in 2018, veteran from uh, previously from the Green Bay Packers. Yep. And Morgan Burnett was signed because the Steelers were looking for a safety. And they ended up drafting Terrell Edmonds that same season. And Edmonds ends up playing and playing a lot early on because Burnett, he had some problems staying on the field. Uh, I remember asking a good friend of mine who was a Packers fan. I said, great player, win healthy. And he had missed three games in 2013, missed a game 2014, missed five games the following season, 2016, missed one. 2017, his final year with the Packers, he missed four games. He played both safety positions, and the Steelers are looking for safeties. They're still, like, biting and clawing at this point, trying to find an error replacement to Troy Polamalu. That's the reason Edmonds is not necessarily to be the next Troy, but brought on because they're hurting at the position, you know, the Mike Mitchells. And I, I don't have Mike Mitchell on this list, by the way. I don't think Mike Mitchell was a bad free agent. No, no, I like another high I like guy. Mike Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he did he did what was necessary. He wasn't um what do you want to say all pro material, but he wasn't like a bad signing either. No, he wasn't. I liked Mike Mitchell. I like Mike Mitchell. I thought Mike Mitchell fit like what the Mike. Pittsburgh Steelers did. Yeah. I you like Ike? Ike Mike? Ike? I was just Ike watching too. these um, Ike and Mike. Yeah. Mike and Ike's. I although I don't really like the candies that much. 
yeah. Mike and Ike's my mom uh loves Mike and Ike's and I was just watching uh what most people ignore is the fourth Indiana Jones movie and he just said that quote the I I like Mike because it's set in that time period so uh I like Ike I said Ike not Mike Mike be like Mike I don't know where we're going with this anyway uh yeah but he was an active uh he literally let's see played 40 snaps week one 52 snaps week two he wasn't uh, he wasn't in camp most of the time, inactive for the next four games. He saw a lot of his playing time just dwindle down. He was inactive again week 12, so he missed five games with the Steelers. And then the offseason, he was begging to be traded because I think he signed a two-year deal. It wasn't like a one-year prove-it. So I think they still had him under contract, if I recall correctly. And he was crying about and he wasn't playing. They need to let him. He demanded his release. Dude. You were hurt. <laughs> Lack of playing time. He just saw that he was losing his job to Edmonds is what was happening. Now he went yeah. over to um went over to the Browns and he missed half of the season in 2019, the very next year, when the Browns took him. And we knew that was we were doing this show back at that point. You could probably find in the archives where we were like, Yeah, that's probably not gonna work out for you in Cleveland. He missed 24 out of 80 potential games in five seasons. That's over a quarter of amount of games uh played that's that's pretty uh that's pretty poor and after that attempt of playing and making a comeback in cleveland that's when his career ended after 10 years in the nfl so he was also 30 years of age when he hung it up with the browns so uh yeah just another signing that was disappointing remember uh these are disappointing this isn't like the biggest busts or anything like that right but yeah so morgan burnett uh, didn't get to, didn't even show his photo. Talk about trying to find something obscure is finding a photo of Morgan Burnett. But uh, the next guy on deck here, let's see, I think I have it. And it's just the perfect photo because what a showboat. This guy rubbed me such the wrong way. Lance Moore, <laughs> he's another guy that was brought on that same year as Blunt. And, you know, he, he was part of that high-powered, vaunted offense with the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. And he even had a 1,000-yard season a year removed before coming to the Steelers. And he was brought in as the replacement for Jericho Cotri. If you remember, Jericho Cotri was liked, a good I signing. I like Jericho Cotri. Jericho was the man. Yeah, Jericho had 10 touchdowns that one year before. And then he left, and he went to the Panthers, I yeah. think. Yes, and he then, did. Um, yeah. And people were all up in arms. How are we going to replace this type, uh, this type of production? And well, it wasn't really, um, really wasn't Lance Moore because there was another guy that was drafted that year in 2014 wide receiver out of the fourth round that started to get some PT about week seven of that season. And as soon as he did, he was taking it to the house. He was making big plays and that was the alien. That was Martavis Bryant. And just, Everything's in the rear view from there. And and by by the way, since you brought him up, no. Who? No, Martavis. The answer is yeah. No. For everybody that has spent oh. their time watching the XFL. XFL. Oh, no, geez. No. 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 <laughs> what part of no don't you understand? No. Or and I, I love no. Martavis Bryant. I loved Martavis. And but no. That's he's that's no. <laughs> uh i know and it's not like you know as long as he's not betting on football i might be okay now but uh mark davis is he's 31 now i mean good for him that he's playing he still wants oh, no. to be competitive and play in the nfl but 
31's that year where we say everybody drops off right there or right after. That's the cutoff. 31 years of age, the Basket Robbins variety. And no, he's no. Did we say no? We said no. no. The answer is no. But we were talking about Lance more. And no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, maybe, maybe tickle. Tickle, tickled me timbers here. Yeah, but this is, he rubbed me the wrong way because what do you have, like two touchdowns here? I remember he were, the Steelers lost a really bad game at Cleveland that one year, uh, the year he played, 2014. And there was like this late garbage time touchdown and he spikes the football in the end zone. And that wasn't the photo from that. But I mean, you, I guess you get hype playing. Uh, you know, the game's competitive. There's a, It's emotional, what have you. But, man, does that not rub you the wrong way? Everybody's looking at the scoreboard like, dude, what are you doing, man? The Steelers lost that game uh, 31 to 10. <laughs> it's just like, when did he score this touchdown? Just to put it into perspective, Lance Moore, 26-yard pass from uh, Ben Roethlisberger. They were down 31 to 3 at this point, 236 to go in the game. And he goes and spikes the football. And that was just kind of crazy. He did score another touchdown a week later against uh, the Houston Texans. This was uh, 2014 was an up and down season where the Steelers were winning, losing, winning, losing. And then it's uh, as this guy kind of came off the field, he never had a game with more than two catches. He had 14 total in, in 198 yards and two touchdowns. It wasn't like a huge signing. But he didn't fill the he didn't fill Jericho Cotri's role, and he lost his job to Martavis Bryant. So he was a disappoint. He was a disappointment, at least in my eyes, because that was somebody that I felt was uh, going to make a bigger impact than they ended up ended up making. So, and you know that I guess that happens. He played one more year. He went to the Detroit Lions, and then poof, disappeared from the NFL. Um, who else we got left, Brian? Uh, we got some, um, I got one more. That's a, um, another Ryan Shazier replacement in 2018. I believe he's still kicking around the league possibly too. I'm going to look him up. It's John Bostick. And you may remember he was brought on just, uh, the Steelers. That was one of their free agents. I know they probably wanted to draft somebody that was going to be a replacement that year. He ended up playing in every single game. But he never really was like a, a major achiever. And yes, he's still, he's been four years now with the Washington Commanders. He played last year too. Five starts, 15 games he appeared in. So he's still hanging around, but just more of the mediocre wasn't a play. fit for the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't a fit for the Steelers. Definitely could not fit those giant, that giant void with uh, that Shazier left. I mean, nobody ever thought he was really going to be Ryan Shazier. And I don't, my expectations for Bostic were were so limited when he came in. I mean, I I hoped he would be able to be adequate at best, right? You know, and give you something. Uh, it just I you know the role that they envisioned for him was not a fit for what his his play style was. Um, you know, and and it just it just didn't work out. I mean that that's really all it is. I mean he did give them, you know. I hesitate to say quality snaps, but he gave them snaps, right? He gave them what he could. It just was never, it was never uh, a match made in, in heaven for them. And yeah, I don't, 
Like, I don't necessarily think it was a bad signing so much as it was just a disappointing signing. Um, and, and so I agree with that because, of course, that's the title of, of this episode, the most disappointing Steeler free agent signings. And and he was definitely disappointing. Um, but I think it, it, it really was it was never going to be like it was destined to be disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it really was. Um, uh, he, he's playing time. Uh, just if he fell, it fell off of a cliff, right? He had, uh, the final five games of the season that year, he had 11 snaps in three of those games, 32 in another, which he played. So about half of the game, and then a grand total of two snaps out of 66 in a week 16 loss at the Saints. If you remember, that game was the Joe Hayden getting called for breathing on anyone, Alvin Kamara in particular. Uh, that was um, a really bad one. So um, got one last one. And let's see how uh, how this is one. This, is this a number that is, that is less than 10 but more than 8? Uh, not not more than not more than eight. What jersey number? I couldn't remember what his number is. I know who it's going to be, but I can't remember what his oh. jersey number is. Uh, well, ca- care to share? Go right ahead. Uh, so, Mister Ingram, sure is. <laughs> and it's tough to put him in. I put. I, I said. I see. I had this on the website as well as like um a written article, and it was tough for me to just kind of say because he's he was a free agent. But he wasn't a priority free agent. No. <clears throat> Excuse me. He wasn't signed in March or April or May or June. It went like four months. And that's because he was he was injured. And he, he, he was injured a few times over the last few seasons he, he was in the league, right? And... He was with the then San Diego Chargers, then the Los Angeles Chargers. So the first five years in the league, uh, as they were San Diego, another four. And so nine years, he comes to the Steelers. He's age 32 at this point. And he had missed, let's see, uh, quick math, nine games the previous season, three the year before, and then it played in every single one of them between 2015 and 2018 from 2017, 2018, 2019. He was a Pro Bowl player. Take that for what you will. It's really hard to say Pro Bowl, but I'd say Pro Bowl is at least top 20% at this point, uh, unless, I don't know, some of it's a joke like uh, Tyler Huntley. So he comes to the Steelers the day before training camp, they sign him. Why? Because TJ Watt is going to be doing his quiet quit, sit in, not going to participate in training camp deal. And knowing this, they need a veteran player because Alex Highsmith is just entering year two. Right. There's like no other, there's no other depth. Also, they were being criticized. That they had no, no uh, outside linebacker edge rusher depth. So let's bring in a guy. Let's see if he's healthy enough now after, I don't know if he had surgery or whatever the cause was that he, he was uh, sitting on the shelf and nobody was interested, but it's another one of those like blunt, not necessarily like Lance Moore. But Blunt and Burnett, like Burnett, probably even more so thought he was going to be the starter and probably should have been. And then they go and draft a guy and it probably pisses him off. But in Blunt's case and here in Ingram's case, what did you think was going to happen? A lot of people, you had the talking heads that were on NFL Network, ESPN or whatever, 
that were talking over the summer and they were talking about the pair of Watt and Ingram. And I'm like, are you forgetting that they drafted Alex Highsmith? I know he came out of Charlotte that had a football program for like two years before that or whatever, you know, just joking, kidding aside, not a powerhouse right. college football program. And then you had, um, and he's entering his second year and they had drafted him as a potential Bud Dupree replacement. But Melvin Ingram comes in. What do you think? Are you going to play over what? And you know that they just drafted a guy. Now you are a veteran and maybe you think you're going to get all this special treatment and whatnot. He played, he played quite a bit. He had uh, a, a lot of snaps uh, because TJ Watt got hurt at one point, but they were playing all yeah. three of them. That home, that, not the home opener, but season opener against Buffalo. They had all three of the guys on the field at one point, and you were really excited about this. Then all of a sudden, they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't get after the quarterback. A lot of the same problems we even saw last year, and Melvin Ingram was not the answer. No. Then, then he pretty much gets sat down. And what? Alex Highsmith has two and a half sacks against the Seahawks, and he cries and demands a trade. And everybody gets in a tizzy over it, and they sent him to Kansas City where he had two half-sack games. He had a couple of easy ones in playoffs. Roll my eyes. Like the people that are just like, well, look at the impact he's making with Kansas City. And then Kansas City was just like, see you later, homie. Uh, they didn't bring him back either <laughs> after that. And he played Miami last year. He got back up to six sacks. He was fully healthy, played yada, yada. But what's he up to now? Like he's like 33 years old, about to be 34 here. His birthday is in April. Yeah. So he's going to be 34 just around the corner here. I don't know if he has much of an NFL future ahead of him or what plans uh, are, are in store. But he's a shell of the Pro Bowl player that he was. And he was brought on just to simply be depth and then cried about it. And, and and cried his way out of town. And that just doesn't sit well with me. And that's why I think he was a disappointing free agent signing of the last decade. We, we, want, we want volunteers, not hostages. Absolutely. And people make fun of Tomlin for that. But it's kind of the same discipline thing. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We know that something similar happened with James Harrison, and he was unhappy with playing time. But we're going to tell you, we're going to tell you it's the same thing that we're going to be talking about a lot over the next couple weeks with free agency around the corner you see taylor lewan just got uh released by the titans that's not the future you don't sign guys that are like 32 years old and have had two acl tears and can't uh, can't make it through a season and what the hell's the point no no and uh, that's the same thing like this is like that would be like Plus, a depth what, signing what school did he come from remind me what school did he come from? Was he that? Was he uh, the, the university up north? Uh, something tells me. I can't remember. Uh, he was. I thought. I, I, <laughs> we don't. Yeah, we, usually, don't when guys are Look. when guys play in the pros, we're already past that. Or you know, would you bring Devin Bush back? No, because of what college he. <laughs> no, not anymore. No, and, and yeah, yes, the college plays into it now because you sucked for four, for three years. One year you were good. Three years you sucked. What I'll give you one year you were hurt, but you didn't come back from it. And I and no. So now yeah, no. Michigan, you know, you're out. I, I don't I, like no. The hell with you. <laughs> that's pretty funny, man. And uh, yeah, that's just one of the examples where it's like, who who thought? Did you think Melvin Ingram was going to be whoever? What's it? You know, big uh, signing or whatever. I I, oh. I don't and. Oh. It's just, it, it's one of those names that were added and much like, you know, I, I didn't have Trey Turner on here too, 
but actually, we may as well mention him. He's pretty disappointing as well. He was a former Pro Bowl, what, maybe yeah. five times with the Panthers, and I know he got hurt at the end of that. And he was available. And David DeCastro, the uh, same thing happens like in the same day. Yeah. They bring in Ingram. They find out Watt is going to be disputing and not practicing or whatever and what's the big contract that he deserved. Okay. And so they bring in Ingram and then they bring in Turner and it's like, okay. And then they trade for Joe Schobert. <laughs> now Schobert wasn't a free agent signing, but when you talk about like that group of moves that were made, did not work Steelers, out. <laughs> boy, they were duct taping everything together and trying to piecemeal it. And that just, none of it worked out. And you combine that whole, that was 2021. With the you know aging Ben Roethlisberger with half an elbow, and um, you you lost players like Hilton and Dupree. Could, the, the the cap went down, and you're really trying to piece this together. And you draft Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. as well, and somehow they still that team still made the postseason. <laughs> I just like it's it's crazy to look back on when you look at like those storylines from like a year ago or even two years ago versus even right now. Like last year's stories, the headlines were, who are they going to find to replace Ben Roethlisberger? How are, what are they going to do with the offensive line? Don't forget the secondary. Edmonds was a free agent. Joe Hayden probably wasn't coming back. They still didn't have like Hilton, Akella Witherspoon, maybe uh, also free agent. Stefan Tuitt, was he going to play? There's a lot of crazy stuff when you look back just one year. And that's why you can't get into too much turmoil or panic over what the what the team ends up ultimately doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I are they going to dip their toe into free agency? Yes. Uh, I don't know how deeply at this point. Again, as we keep saying, this is the wild card of wild card years because it's not the same folks. We don't know how they're going to decide to play things. And they, they got a little they got a little less hamstrung right now because they don't have this gigantic Ben Roethlisberger contract sitting on their head. They may be able to actually free up money and, and send, spend it on a free agent. But that, to, like, let's be fair. That's just not the, that's not the heredity of this team. That's not in their genes. So despite the fact that there's some new guys in the front office, um, I, I think they're going to stick to trying to build through the draft the way they always have and, and, keep and maintain the players that matter. Now that doesn't, you know, and, and, and offset that or augment that through free agency. It means I'm not going to overpay for a guy because everybody else wants him because there is no one guy out there in free agency. That's the answer to their problems. I was going to ask you. Um, I mean, I, it feels like the team is a blueprint of Chuck Noll. It doesn't matter. You go back to like Tom Donahue and guys being, I guess not a general manager, but vice president or whatever. Do they hire Omar Khan and Anthony Weidel without asking them these questions of if you're following the blueprint, the foundation that this franchise was built upon, are you going to go out and try and be like the Jaguars and spend a boatload of money? Even look at the Patriots. Like they spent all that money the previous year, the tight ends, uh, whatnot. And then they draft Mac Jones and that's not really come together either. So <laughs> I just don't see when have the Steelers can, ever can, really can made a big splash. Can I say it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, say whatever you'd like. Joe boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um, just on that note though, 
like who have they really ever signed that was a big free agent splash? I mean, they've made some trades. Getting Jerome Bettis, and Jerome Bettis was damaged goods, but that was one hell of a trade. Um, I mean, Larry Foote probably wasn't considered, or not Larry Foote, I'm sorry, Larry Foote's counterpart, Potsy, James Ferrier. One of the very probably, best free agent, free agent signings, signings ever. But not like a big splash in, in oh, the pool. Yeah, it's not, they didn't jump out there and go, oh, we're going to get Terrell, you know, uh, Terrell Ed, not Terrell, what is it, Tremaine. Um, look, and and I I would love the Bills not to re-sign Tremaine Edmonds and for Tremaine Edmonds to come here. I love Tremaine Edmonds. I would love that to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I don't think they, they target any of these big names. Kevin Green, was he a big name at this point? Well, Another he guy was that... kind of a big name. He was, he was always of, good yeah. no matter where he yeah, went. He was kind of a big name, but he was also a nomad that just kind of went from place to place to place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's just what I mean. Like they don't, they don't go after very, very big names in free agency. Yeah. So it would still surprise me. They don't have a ton of cap room right now. Teams are making moves. So we'll see what happens with this, like William Jackson, the third, yeah. Trubisky. You know what? There's the final, there's the final question. There were two things that came up uh, that I saw in the last week. Probably from one of the beat writers, Mark Caballi, Jerry Dulac. Uh, I'm trying to remember who said it. But one was that Mason Rudolph, depending on what happens with Trubisky, Mason Rudolph could come back. Yep. And, you know, we talked about whether or not that was a deal or not. Go back to a later episode. We pretty much feel that 99% chance he's out of here. Why would he want to come back unless um, he felt, we don't know, behind Look, closed doors? What happens? If Mason goes out front. amongst the world and people go, no, you suck. I don't want you. <laughs> right. And nobody gives him any kind of offer. Nobody is willing to consult with him. And then the Steelers dump Trubisky. Then he might go, Hey, remember me? I know the system. Would you mind? Uh, I wouldn't mind coming back. I love you guys. You're the best. And the Steelers probably <laughs> wouldn't mind. He has some starting experience. He's not going to give you the same exact things, but geez, Trubisky, all the talk about keeping Trubisky, but then I think it was pony to put it out there. Cause of course it had to be because of the, the clickbait nature of it. Would you trade Mitch Trubisky for like a mid round draft pick? I would trade him for any draft pick. If you, because can, you clear that 8 million, yeah. if you're going to clear that 8 million releasing them. Why not get something for it on top of, you it? know, my feelings about fifth, sixth and seventh round draft pick choices, right? I would trade him for the rights to sign a priority undrafted re agent over the team that took him. That's how like, just, okay, look, you want a guy, anything you want. can get, <laughs> Let us sign that guy and you can have Mitch Trubisky. Okay, I, whatever you could get, a seventh round pick. Hell, let's go back in time and pick. A, trade me a 15th round pick from 1973, okay? <laughs> Merrill Hodge. Yeah. Merrill, Merrill Hodge was drafted in, oh, geez. <coughs> I'm sorry, he got me. Got a sore throat, man. Um, Let me see, what round? Oh, he was round 10. I think oh. somebody went a little bit even later than him. That's uh, that was notable in those eighties. I always joke around, around, uh, around about that, but yeah, round 10 pick two sixty one, which would have been Brock Purdy territory like right now. So you talk about a Mr. Irrelevant, but, uh, that 1987 draft, I wonder how many rounds that actually went, uh, not a, when they used to do that. I'm going to find that out, but yeah, I would trade, uh, I'd probably trade Trubisky for, uh, a, like a pack of trading cards, gum, okay. both. 
cigarettes i don't even smoke liquid gels and i'll take it just give me this bottle (laughs) and you can have mitch trubisky i'm good uh it's it's pretty that's pretty ignorant of us compared to how we usually are talking 12 rounds in that draft by the way uh 335 picks and that also uh had a supplemental draft which is uh pretty interesting if you know your your history in 19 what did i say 1987 brian bosworth dan saleo eh, and then chris carter supplemental draft with the philadelphia eagles turns out to be a hall of famer isn't that crazy yep uh how that ended up turning out but bosworth man and also the guy with the shades and the, and the like a movie that wasn't all that great I, but I, he might have had a mohawk too I believe Bosworth had had a mohawk. We could could definitely find that out, and then we'll let – we're up against it, man. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, Just remember all the – oh, yeah, the the crazy hairdos and and things of that nature. So there you go. There's a Bosworth photo for you. Not Boswell, Bosworth. Yeah, that's – but that's not a mohawk. That's just – Oh well, he had all kinds of them though, like um the the crazy. <laughs> I like these just keep getting better. Like there you go, flat top, looking like uh, Guile out of Street Fighter Two. No, you know who that uh, is? That's Ivan Drago. <laughs> oh, I would I would break, break you. you. <laughs> I would break you. Uh, and I don't know. I got I, I I can't find the ones with the right like those that type of era of shades, but. Uh, we got him with the uh, the aviators looking a little like more like he belongs in Top Gun, but that's, oh, that's about that's, the, that's the haircut. Yeah, it, he didn't have a mohawk. He had whatever the like he- whatever the hell that is. Rick, what's the I will run run away the bird song people. The flock of seagulls. Flock of seagulls. That's it. <laughs> Ivan Drago and flock of seagulls guy. If they had a child together, his name was Brian Bosworth. <laughs> Party uh that's a isn't that like the mullet the party in the back type thing yeah like like it's also shaped like it had yeah rat tail dip in the middle like when you looked at it from the front it was it was odd wow that's just uh reminiscent so brian thanks for taking some time out of your schedule man we'll have to do this again put a bow on the show i know we talk about a whole lot of nothing there's a whole lot of nothing to talk about and we'll continue to do so hopefully next week so we'll see if I can find Flash and his whereabouts. I'm about to put him on a milk carton. Do they still do that? I don't know. He tweeted this morning. He was very excited that yeah. Kenny Pickett and the, and the receivers are practicing in Texas. Yeah, that's uh, – well, who's, who wouldn't get excited about that and want more of that? That's good content, as we call it. So, folks, that'll do it for us here at Steel City Underground Podcast. Again, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, leave a rating and review wherever you are. Thank you for watching and or listening to our show. And until next time, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we will catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. 